Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. My name is Josephine Monberg, and I am your host. You are now listening to the COVID-19 special edition of our show. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of our podcast. We are looking at different industries and examining how they're being impacted by COVID-19 and more importantly, at this stage, what will happen in the more long term as we look ahead and move from the respond phase, which is the first phase, and into the recovery phase, which is where I think a lot of countries are now. And then, of course, the last phase, which we believe to be the reimagined phase. So how do you reimagine your business model based on what's been happening and the massive impacts that COVID has had on industries? And today we are looking at an industry which is agribusiness. And to do this, I am so fortunate that I'm joined by Anja Sutkamper. Anja, thank you so much for uh, being with us on the show. Yes, good morning. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I am actually, thanks for saying good morning, because for this doesn't happen too often, but I'm actually on the same time zone as you, Anja. Yes, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, typically it's always... um, I'm always the early bird because I'm in uh, Europe right now. But Anya, you're the head of agribusiness and commodity management at SAP. Tell us a little bit more about your role. And I hinted that we're on the same time zone also where in the world you are. Yes, for sure. So yes, I'm the head of um, agribusiness and commodity management. So what does that mean? I'm actually responsible for defining our industry strategy for agribusiness. So We try to understand what are the trends, what is going on in this business, what from the trends are the areas where we as SAP should provide solutions and define a solution portfolio. And uh, with that, we then also work very closely with um, different stakeholders. So we work with our customers, our partners and influencers to ensure that we spread the message about what we as SAP do in this space. Mm. And um, yeah, we we have been very fortunate because we've always been working very closely with customers. So we've been creating what we call a customer council group uh, for agribusiness. We also have a group for dairy to make sure that we actually have an ear to our customers' needs as we design strategies and as we define our portfolios going forward. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit what we do. And we also have a strong focus on commodities in general. So that's why you see I have these two roles here at SAP. Yeah. And you're in? I'm in uh, Germany. So like most of SAP colleagues, uh, when the uh, pandemic hit us, I actually moved fully into home office, which has been an interesting experience, as I'm sure we can all sure. say. So. Uh, we actually are uh, two parents in home office with a six-year-old, and we've been trying our best to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to keep uh, to manage all balls in the air and uh, yeah, manage the different yeah. roles we have in life. I yeah, guess. yeah, it's it's been a tough time for, or it still is a tough yeah. time for most yeah. people. I'm actually, for those who can see the video part of this, I'm actually in the office right now in Denmark in Copenhagen, and so we have do have a lot of restrictions. Um, we can't go in as we normally would, but we're still seeing opening up of um, the country as in general. But 
Anya, let's talk a little bit about agribusiness, but perhaps first of all, when we talk about agribusiness, what companies are we then looking at? Yeah, that's a great question. And that has actually been one of the first things we did when we said we want to have a focus at SAP on agribusiness, which is a big and huge industry. Um, so we really took a broader definition of agribusiness. Uh, most companies or people, when they hear about agri, they think about agriculture, which really is the farming part on the fields or also the raising of livestock. But we really look at it from um, the provision of inputs. So that is the seed management, um, the crop protection side of the house, even the um, machinery that is needed to work on the fields. And we also look on the livestock side where you could say it's the, um, the animal medicine or the, uh, the nutrition of animals. So that's where it all starts. Then you actually have the um, farming um, operations which is an area where traditionally SAP hasn't really been in, but where we made quite some investment and where we see a big potential for where our customers need help. And then the supply chain carries on with um, yeah, origination and trading. So you take what the farmers actually grew and you then um, aggregate it, you uh, have silos, you have domestic trade, and then it typically goes into processing, food processing in, in different stages, depending on the food. And then ultimately, it's more traditional consumer goods, um, manufacturing, food manufacturing, retail and the consumer. And we see that the, um, the trends in these industries are driven on the one hand side by the consumer who has typically changing um, preferences on mm. what food they buy and, and they want to know a lot more where the food came from. So we feel it's important to have the end consumer in mind when we look about trends. But also we see a lot of digitization happening on the field itself, um, a lot of innovation happening in that space. So that's why we took that broader definition of agribusiness um, in this yeah. space. So a huge industry and a very important industry as well. And I'm sure that it's seen impacts of COVID. I think that's unavoidable for what, regardless of what industry that you're in. So what are you seeing that the impacts are of COVID-19 on agribusiness companies and perhaps also maybe you can talk a little bit about their business processes? Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, I mean, everyone has been impacted. Uh, this industry, when you talk about production of food uh, in, in a crisis, obviously has been um, pretty dramatic. It's actually um, what you would consider systematically relevant industry. So everyone needs to eat whether there is a crisis or not. So I think the biggest thing that happened when the crisis first hit was a, an unknown shock in the demand patterns. So when, like you said, most countries went into lockdown in different degrees, all of a sudden um, there was a change in, um, in that de demand pattern and especially the food services businesses were all closed. And you would think, you know, we consume the same whether we eat at home or in a canteen, but that turned out not to be true. So you see the whole food service like canteens and schools, restaurants, no longer taking um, certain products. And that actually reduced demand. And while some of it was shifted to the retailers because you now go and buy coffee yourself or you have to cook yourself or you... Uh, you know, you have um, milk you actually um, give your child at home, It some of it was actually um, compensated by the increase in retail. But 
it, it didn't fully compensate as you would expect. So that was a, a big shift and companies had to react fast. So there was no cookbook for it. And mm. you actually had to really look fast on how can I handle, what can I do? And we've seen in some of our customers, like in the dairy industry, I took the example of milk, you know, a lot of milk is actually consumed in schools and canteens. And, and there was just a surplus of milk that they had to deal with all of a sudden. And when you combine this with the effect that in many countries people lost jobs and they didn't have enough income anymore, it's been quite a, a stretch and a very um, awkward constellation that we could see in that market. And then when you look at the supply side, um, supply chains were also not functioning as normal. So one of the immediate impacts you could see, for example, here in Europe was when, when we closed the borders, which was a tough decision, especially in the free market zone here, you could see trucks actually line up on the highways and that caused delays in the supply of food. So you had to constantly replan retailers who now uh, were getting supplies from alternative suppliers, um, couldn't take the food as it was produced. So it, it had a, a knockback effect along the whole supply chain. So understanding these short-term changes was very important. And I think that is something that um, you can only try to be prepared, but it, it highlights the uh, the very much real-time supply chain that is uh, in there. And I would say, Josie, a third element, which is very important, is um, the impact it had to the workforce. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of um, the work in, in the fields itself is, is very manual. So uh, here in Germany, for example, when the pandemic hit, there was um, a shortage on, on temporary harvest workers to help with the harvest on asparagus, now on strawberries. So a lot of nervousness on how to compensate for that. And then also to how to keep your own workforce safe, how to ensure that in, in an environment where people are, you know, forced to work very closely together, um, how do you ensure it doesn't spread and how do you make sure you, you actually uh, have the right measures in place? So that's been something we've actually seen um, quite drastically. I mean, it's really the same for all industries. They're being hit and suddenly something dramatically changes, whether it's an increase uh, in demand or a decrease in demand and then businesses have to respond. And you touched on having a resilient supply chain becomes more important than ever and being prepared for whatever disaster may come next is more important than ever. And I think in that case, technology plays a huge role in helping businesses do that, at least, again, is what I've seen across all industries. And I think that a lot of businesses in industries have also seen the acceleration of digital transformation that they've had to do all of a sudden that they maybe didn't think was possible or they didn't have the sense of urgency. But if we look at just the daily crisis management in agribusiness, how have you seen that technology can help agribusinesses solve their challenges, perhaps looking at it both from the short, the mid and the and long-term perspective? Yeah, it's actually a great question. So first of all, I want to say we're very humbled that a lot of the companies in this agribusiness um, value chain have, um, have selected SAP as their partner for digital transformation. So we have a lot of customers in this space. In the last, um, you could say, five to seven years, a lot of companies in this industry have seen the need to digitize 
and have started huge company-wide digitization programs. So many of them have rolled out our digital core, are in the process of rolling it out, using some of our industry-specific solutions, like to handle this trading process, the origination process, risk management. And what was very interesting to us when we, you know, when we checked in, when we talked to the customers, when we talked to the council members, the first message that came, you know, as CIOs, when we talk about digitization, it's also hard to sometimes keep the uh, excitement up in, yeah. internally in your organization. But when this crisis hit, everyone could see why there is such a need for it, because all of a sudden, many of our customers and the IT departments went, like we did, into home office straight away. So all of a sudden, you could just work remotely by using technology. You could bring all your people into home office. You had very little, you know, loss of efficiency. And the CIOs were quite proud because they got a lot of credit for mm -hmm. the work they've done. And, you know, we got feedback, like even little things like um, signing a document electronically, which was considered a little nice to have, became super important to keep your processes running while you did this shift into the um, the lockdown and the remote world that we now very much got used to. So that was very great for us to hear. And we then see that the specific issues that the companies face in the crisis, you can see how technology in this particular part becomes more and more relevant. So when you look at um, change in demand and, and supply chains, we see a dire need for companies to manage end-to-end -end supply chains and to have good software in place to actually understand what is my holistic demand, what are my customers and my business actually um, telling me, how can I organize supply chains, rerun plans, how can I then also from the planning element go to the logistics, which is very important because there's a lot of trading, there's a lot of storing and redistributing in this business. So understanding that integration between planning and then distributing it is super critical. And we had seen an interest for these solutions before the crisis hit, but we see now that that is just so much more in people's mind that there is going to be an increase in, in understanding how we can use these tools. And we've made quite a number of investments to actually combine um, our logistics solutions with the trading solutions. We're looking at IBP and specific industry scenarios. So we really see an interest. And when you think about these short-term last mile issues, like where is my truck? Is it arriving? We also think that here the, um, the real-time information um, by connecting your service providers, the logistics service providers, will be more important. So offerings like our logistics business network, where we can allow our partners and customers to connect and exchange real-time information, we see a, um, a strong demand peak for that. And we, we think that's something we want to work with the industry on to see how far can we standardized share best practice which is very much what we what we do as a team yeah. and i would would also see this this whole topic of workforce management um, i mean it's it's always been important agribusiness is an industry that um, is uh, you know seeing a lot of aging workforce um, we see a change in generation of farmers who are handing over so we also see in the companies that there is a next generation of leaders coming in so the the need to have good 
human resource um, processes in place, uh, I think it was realized before the crisis. But when you are in the crisis and when you see what's happening, when you need to onboard, um, you know, temporary workforce and you need to in remote onboard, um, make security checks, give people access to systems. So we see our solutions in that space from success factors to field glass, um, see a new uh, hype and interest. And we had some free offerings as a company. So uh, on, on the field glass solution side where we've seen interest in it, uh, we think that'll probably stir more as we now go into the next phase. But also um, when you think about Qualtrics where we have this experience management thing, it was so important to stay in contact with your workforce. Mm. Um, and that's where we've seen some of the meat companies that were affected quite a bit by um, the spread of this um, pandemic in their organizations. We have examples of companies using um, the Qualtrics solution to stay in contact with their employees. So you see that there is this change on how can I try new things and do things differently um, also fast with cloud offerings to yeah to just respond quickly in, in this time. And I think you hit on something that's key, which is we have this current global pandemic, which totally shifts things or, or shuffles things around and turns things upside down. And then businesses have to act differently in order to cope and respond and and react. But those best practices or those changes that are happening right now, as in, for example, better connecting with the workforce, I'd assume that a business would want to sustain those, that it's not something like, oh, we did this just for COVID, but why throw something away that was actually a good change? So what I'm wondering is, are agribusinesses now thinking about new ways that they can connect with their customers and their suppliers? not just during the crisis, but also after the crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's also been one of the um, themes and the feedback we've received when we talk to different companies. I think in this business, it's primarily been a B2B business. So as an agri company, you supply into the next one down the chain, typically the consumer product, food manufacturer, and then the retailer. Yeah? So in that B2B, there is an element of connecting with your customers, um, but it's not like in the B2C um, setup. But we've seen that uh, the crisis forced some of our customers to do that. So when you're hit so hard by um, the uh, decline in demand from the uh, restaurants, you all of a sudden go new ways. So we, we have dairy companies that started to go and open online stores for fresh produce to deliver directly within within a town, yeah, to do like a trial market, to see how can I maybe be what, you know, was very dominant in the United Kingdom for many, many years, you have a milkman supplying to your doorstep. So it's a totally new different, a totally new um, model where you are actually a service provider and you have online store, online service, online distribution, direct distribution. So. And, and I think this is something they probably wouldn't have done if that crisis hadn't hit. But now that you've tried, there is an appetite to scale it and see, can that be a profitable business? What would we need to change to make that a profitable business? 
And many of our customers um, that originate from farmers and, and buy their produce from farmers have very, very good relationships with these farmers. It's often a supply-constrained business, so you can only sell as much as farmers produce. So having excellent relationships with, depending on what you do in that value chain, the farmer can be a supplier, but the farmers are treated as customers. So that is a trend we've seen for quite some time, but we think, to your point, it'll only increase. So having farmer portals where um, I, as a farmer, can see what all have I delivered to you, what all have I uh, received in terms of payments, are you giving me some suggestions on when I should fix my price with you? So all these services that uh, you may want to offer me, maybe you want to do that uh, in a platform and all online. And I think we see this will only increase and the importance of these customer relationships when you see you may not be able to do what the industry has traditionally been doing, you know, be out, talk directly. It's good to have a second channel, which is that online channel. So we see this be, um, you know, also something that went up in, in importance also on the CEO level to say maybe we should change our mind and and open up to new Amazon-type models in the space, if you like. Interesting. So digitization plays a key role here, of course, which it, it has or which it it is playing in most industries. Just kind of uh, last words, if you if you're sitting when you're sitting with your customers now, and uh, hopefully we have some of our customers that are listening who can benefit from this conversation, but what do you tell your customers in terms of what they should be doing now to better prepare for whatever comes next or for the future? I know you you already touched on it in terms of like having a more resilient supply chain and and so on. But just as your last words, what would you uh, what do you tell your customers? Yeah, it's a it's a good point. I think what we see at the moment is. Um, keep laser focused on continuing the projects that you're doing. Um, as I said, a lot of our customers are in rollout and it's hard. So we're trying to help them to be even better prepared to roll out in these times of lockdown. And many of our customers say this remote working model will continue. So we want to help our customers to be almost as efficient, if not more creative through new tools and less travel time to go live and, and continue the journey that they're on. I think that would be the first one because it's most customers have said, we will continue these projects even remotely. SAP help us to be you know, super well prepared to do online training and user training, these sort of things. Very few have said, I need to delay a bit, but we haven't heard a single one say I'm canceling it. So we're very proud of that. So keep, keep focus on, on the big projects that are ongoing. Secondly, I think we sincerely believe that the digitization opportunities will increase and consider what was probably, you know, um, a pain to solve an opportunity like this example of going online, trying new business models. And we're there to help. We really want to be the partner to convert our customers to what we call this intelligent enterprise. So help to to go into the cloud quick innovations, change models, pilot, and also use a digital platform to onboard startups to help in that process. So we really want to encourage 
that um, this spirit of, oh, it's, uh, it's actually a problem, turn it around into an opportunity. And we believe that those companies that, uh, that will go down this path will be leading the path going forward. And we're humbled to be a partner um, by yeah. our customers. Yeah, I completely echo those words. And I do think that's the important thing is looking at the challenges, but then turning them around to become opportunities using technology to better advance in the future, because that's really the only way that you're able to fully recover, reimagine, and then keep up um, more long term. So Anya, on those words, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so fun to chat with you and I learned so much about agribusiness. This is also a great learning experience for me because I get to learn about so many different fascinating <laughs> industries that we cover at SAP. So thank you so much. And um, to everybody who listened to this episode, thank you so much for listening in. Hopefully you will also tune in to the next episode. Bye everyone. Thank you. Please subscribe to our channel, Industry Insights by SAP at OpenSAP, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. To learn more about what SAP is doing to help you cope in COVID-19, you can go to sap.com about global health safety and find free access to select SAP software, tools to support your business, and much more. Stay safe, everyone.